Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, it cares Levert. It's cold. Levert. Back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday. Shot clock down to six. Finds one. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows podcast. This time we're coming at you with an episode of Pacers After Dark, which is what we're going to be calling it from now on anytime we do a post-game pod because it is dark outside. Um, unless it's, you know, even when when we record, I don't know, when we record the Toronto one over the weekend, that was, uh, that was after dark, Tom, because, I mean, daylight savings ruins everything. But um, joined by Tom Lewis, of course, my editor and co-host, uh, and Brett Bauer from 8.9 Seconds, friend of the pod, friend of mine. Uh, guys, how are, how are we doing tonight? How are we feeling after the Pacers' victory over the Charlotte Hornets in the first game of the miniseries? Yeah, no, and I'm good. Uh, really good game tonight, and uh, pretty pretty complete game of basketball. Love to see it. Yeah, Tom, what what about you? What, what were what's your biggest takeaway coming out of the game so far? Um, I, I mean, Domas Sabonis is a machine. That's obvious. Yep. I guess maybe that wasn't the biggest takeaway. That's more a little more obvious, but uh, uh, just you know, a quality road win to get get going here and this this Hornets team kind of scared me just because they got guys that can get going and um put you down but the fact Bumas was able to play was big and then you know they got some quality minutes here and there from Goga off the bench he's getting a little little time and and that helped you know with, with Miles being in foul trouble even though he was he was quite active as well so um you know as I always say, JWB just went baby on the road. <laughs> they got it done, and I mean, this is a good, good quality run to, to keep things rolling. Yeah, it felt to me like other than the Cavs game, and even the Cavs game, um, you know, I felt like that that game. I mean, they really took it home at the end, but I mean, that was very close in the beginning um, with all the offensive rebounds. I remember Javale McGee had like six offensive rebounds in the first quarter. It was ridiculous, um, but this game didn't really feel. As at least to me, I know it was close uh, at points, but mm-hmm. it really didn't feel that close. Um, obviously, the Pacers went on that massive run in the second quarter, um, or I mean, in the first quarter to, to close out. And um, of course, Charlotte was able to collapse that. But ultimately, I just felt like the Pacers were kind of in control for most of the game. Um, you mentioned Miles uh, and his game. He obviously his counting stats weren't great. Finished with eight points, four boards, obviously five blocks is incredible. Um, but yeah, twenty-seven minutes only took seven shots. Uh, this is a tough matchup for him, you know. I think in terms of what he does offensively, uh, I really credit. I, I thought as as well as the Pacers played, I thought Charlotte's defense gave them some issues on the perimeter. Um, I mean, we saw Doug McDermott go one of five for three. Uh, a lot of guys were kind of checking out of threes, even though they took forty. Um, they they just have a lot of speed, length, and athleticism on the perimeter and they, they run that zone uh, and do it pretty well. I remember, you know, talking to Sam Perley coming in, uh, they run, I believe the highest frequency of zone in the NBA. Um, and I, I don't know, I felt like they're, uh, especially with miles. I mean, so often he's not going to shoot something that's heavily contested. So a lot of times he was having to check out of stuff because the guy would be right up on him. I mean, Gordon Hayward was guarding him for stretches. Um, if it wasn't him, it was PJ Washington or miles bridges. So, um, I thought that fi- factored into it, but conversely, I mean, Domas uh, for, you know, all the struggles he had in that first game against Toronto going one to 10 from the field, 
goes nine of ten tonight, two of three <laughs> from three, only went to the line four times. Didn't matter. Fish with 22, 11, and 10. Um, some of the passes he was whipping out tonight mm. were just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he, he and McDermott obviously always have the, that connection. And, and uh, man, he set him up with a couple of beauties. Uh, that last one he had in the lane was ridiculous. Um, but, you know, I kind of agree going back to what you're saying about the kind of the flow of the game. It, it did feel like a game like, oh, yeah, the Pacers have this game in control. But it was like they could never kind of get over that big nine or that nine point hump. It kept yeah. going to nine and then back down. And then it was like, all right, got some more to do. Um, but I agree. They, they, you know, came together and were able to close it out like they have so many times. And it, it, I did, I did find myself thinking, um, I'm, I'm kind of starting to take this for granted. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, the, the way they're closing games, even when they're close, it feels like somebody's going to make a play, um, and they're going to, they're going to get it done on most nights. And, um, and it's just a, a different feel than it was, you know, the past couple of years for sure. Yeah, it was funny too because you mentioned Doug uh, went twelve of twenty two tonight, finished with twenty eight points, only hit one three. Uh, what? So, yes, exactly right. <laughs> That's what I, I I was checking the stats when the game ended because I was like, oh, I thought Doug played all right tonight, and I checked the stats. And I was like, Doug led the game in scoring. Yeah. Um, that was kind of how it felt. I mean, a lot of the things he was getting were off of you know cuts. Um, Domas, it felt like Domas assisted every basket he had pretty much. Um, he had a really good all around game. That, that's one of the main questions I have, though. What did you think about Jeremy starting? Um, I, I thought it was interesting because obviously Doug ended up playing starters minutes in, in place of Jeremy's minutes. Jeremy ended up playing almost 21 minutes. Uh, really struggled from the field tonight. Um, I was a little bit surprised that Jeremy got the nod uh, over Doug. I, I, I guess I kind of understand it because, um, you know, there are a lot of uh, quality um, wing players that are, are you know, provide some athleticism that that Doug would have probably struggled to cover in space, but um, it was it was interesting to to see how that maybe impacted Jeremy in in his role offensively. Yeah, I think that part of it. Do you think maybe Burkin was like just starting him against his former team? Do you think that might have had something to do with it? Just just a little bit of a, a narrative thing there. I don't know if that's he's been playing so well of late. He might've just got him in there in the starting lineup. Like you said, because of the length of guys like Hayward uh, out there on the perimeter, but I don't know. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I was thinking also, I mean, the guys you don't want to get cooking on that Hornets team, Roger and Graham, you got to figure Hayward's going to get his. Um, and my thought was just that, you know, he wanted, you know, three, good defenders on those three guys um, but it is kind of interesting how literally lamb and mcdermott flipped roles from the yeah. toronto game where <laughs> lamb you know lamb had to go in and play more minutes uh, and uh, uh mcdermott ended up having a minimized role even though he started and then this time they flip it around and and um he comes in so they might be fight, fighting for that six man spot coming off the bench because um that, that guy's been able to get something going yeah, I mean, it's interesting, too, because it almost feels like both guys fare better in a six-man role. Like, obviously, Doug has played really mm -hmm. well with the starters, but for Jeremy, um, I mean, he just wasn't handling the ball as much. He wasn't getting kind of the same opportunities. Um, and also, I mean, in, in speaking on uh, on the Hornets, you know, the way that they were kind of collapsing uh, into the paint um, and the way that they were playing the zone was making it very difficult for guys who were driving inside. I mean, Malcolm was able to get himself going 
on the inside a little bit but ultimately i mean it's it's uh it's kind of funny because first of all awesome for caitlin cooper getting shouted out by uh by <laughs> yeah. jeremiah johnson on fox sports tonight um you know for the free throws and, and setting the it wasn't franchise record free throws but most free throws they've taken in you know pretty much forever i think it was since 2013 if i remember correctly going back and mm-hmm. looking at it um they had 12 free throws tonight and i think part of that was because they really were not doing a great job of driving or more charlotte was doing a good job of forcing them not uh not take shots at the rim and um pass out a lot for threes and obviously you know they were they were open threes so it worked well they shot 40 percent from three but um that definitely contributed to that yeah i think if you look at the box score and you say okay the pacers are going to take 12 free throws and the hornets are going to hit 19 free throws like you're probably not thinking you're coming away with a 10 point victory even though the hornets did shoot slightly worse from the field and from three but i just think that that's an a compliment to the athletes that they have on their team, like you said, and their defensive plan coming into it is just knowing that this Pacers team wants to get to the rim. Cause we've seen before where, you know, most teams live and die by the three, but specifically this Pacers team, we've seen some pretty poor three point shooting nights and it's just resulted in a loss. So. Yeah. They, they needed all those threes tonight for sure. Um, and yet and Doug didn't give any of them. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know he, he um, it's, it's incredible. You're right. That's like 28 points. It's crazy without, you know, doing it from the, from behind the line. So, uh, but you know, they, they also did, did well uh, on the glass, which is the Pacers forte normally. So um, I, I think that helped even out that free throw. There's always something in there, whether it's turnovers or yep. rebounding or, you know, you add up all those those different advantages across the board, and something um, goes in your way, and and, um, and and that was it for the Pacers tonight. They were they were able to to not give up uh, too much on on the glass, and and uh, at least keep pace with them on those offensive rebounds, and uh, and then just make the plays. That's what it's all about. Yeah, you want so all right. So fun stat. Um, just in thinking about it, Domas is looking a lot more comfortable from three tonight. I mean, not just tonight, just in general over the last week or so. He's right. felt like yeah. a lot more comfortable from there. Um, it helped that he was able to break out of that streak of missing so many shots. Um, he's shooting three and a half per game right now and hitting 35% of them, which um, that feels a lot more, even though I don't, I don't want to say it's maintainable, but just the way that he's, he's, uh, he's hitting right now. Uh, with consistency and that's not including tonight so i mean if you include tonight this is from since the 17th um, okay. if you include tonight he took uh, an extra two or three so um shooting right around 36 percent on on three three point three per game over the last six um pretty good uh it's it's definitely and he's getting guarded like it too so it's it's adding another wrinkle that I, i've really liked um I, I definitely appreciate that he's not taking five or six because that would be a little bit much but yeah. Um, yeah, we got another well, TJ McConnell three-point attempt tonight too. Well, that that's the thing though with those with those threes from Sabonis. It's like I, I'm not getting excited when I see him open, but when if he does hit 35 percent of them, um, that does force the defense to account for him, which you know is is the whole reason um, you want guys shooting and, and if you're making them, it it breaks things open, especially with Domas because um, you know it. Definitely seem like quite often, you know, teams are like, go ahead, we'll give you that. And if they can't do that, then um, it's like, oh, shit, now we got to deal with that as well. And then, you know, Domas is 
making things happen uh, with the ball, whether it's him getting in the lane or, or passing. So, yeah. Uh, and that, I mean, you can't huge. talk about Domas shooting without the, the bank three that he had at the end. That's of, true. Uh, yeah. That was, that, that was that incredible. Same. <laughs> I know exactly. I mean, he, he like the look that he had after he shot, he was like, Oh man. Cause he had, uh, I think Brogdon was wide open to the left of him. Uh, and he was pretty much double teamed and he, he took it as the clock wound down and went in. So it was, uh, sometimes they just, they just fall. Um, all right, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to, to wrap up on the starters and talk a little bit more about the bench. Welcome back, Pacers fans. All right, so uh, obviously, you know, Malcolm Brogdon had a another really good game, 9 of 17 from the field, finished with 25, 7, and 6, only turned the ball over twice. I thought he played really solid defense tonight, uh, went 4 7 from 3. Ultimately, I mean, he was it, – it felt like just about the best player in the game tonight. Um, obviously, I mean, you could say Domas as well, but – uh, Malcolm just makes so much run uh, on both ends for the Pacers and, and they kind of live and die by what he, what he does. Um, what did you guys think about Malcolm's game tonight? I mean, yeah, let's just like what you said, I, I feel like he was the best player on the floor tonight as well. I mean, obviously Doma, it's tough to say that when you look at Domas getting a triple double and shooting 90% from the field and hitting two threes, but that's just the, re- <laughs> that's just the reality of where this team is. I think um, he just has everything under such complete control, I feel like. And it's just like anytime a play needs to be made, it just feel like it gets made. So that's just love seeing it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. I mean, he, he is the anchor. He's, he's uh, the guy that everyone can rely on. And, and even the night uh, in the first, first half, and it seemed like when Charlotte was making those runs, um, you know, he hit a three and was like, okay. You know, scores back to four, whatever, and Pacers are maintaining that, you know, control of the game, and that, that kept him in control of the game, and he's been doing that so often. And I, you know, after last year, it, it's taken me a little while, but now I'm feeling like when he has that open three, especially when they really need it, it seems like it's going in. And um, uh, it, it, he's so, we, you know, we've talked about this, you know, the the stoicism and and you know there's not doesn't seem like there's a lot of excitement in his game and, and maybe he doesn't get noticed as much because he's not flamboyant but man he's putting together a season right now at the you know a quarter of the way through it's been impressive yeah so i i want to actually posit a question for you too and i'll answer myself but i'm going to cop out and make you answer first um <laughs> If you had to, because all-star voting uh, starts up, I believe, this weekend. Uh, it's either this weekend or tomorrow. I can't remember. Per the I, think it, I think it's tomorrow. Yeah, okay, so it's tomorrow. Thursday, yeah. Um, if you could only send one pacer to the all-star game, which is likely Ooh. how it will work, is it is it Domas or, or is it is it Malcolm? And I guess you could make a case for Miles, too. Um, yeah. But just, you know, it, based on how national narratives tend to work, and it's always based on points and counting stats, it would probably not be miles, but uh, state your case. Who would, who would you probably send? Got to be Brogdon. I think I feel like last year there was, there was a, a really decent stretch of games where Brogdon was the best player last year as well. And then he got injured and then it was like, well, the Pacers can't not have an all-star being as high up in the rankings as we were at that time. And so Sabonis went because obviously he was really good as well. But this year I, I just, the, it has to be Brogdon to me. Man, this is a tough one because yeah, I'm trying to think of positions and, and doing it realistically, but just based on the play um, and the impact, 
Um, it, I, I, I think Blackman's earned it. Honestly, it's just I, I think kind of for what I mentioned, what we mentioned earlier about his control leadership, and um, <coughs> excuse me, and you know, and also, I mean, he's had some major league big plays at the end of the game yeah. as well. Um, so, I mean, Thomas obviously has the numbers, but I think for the consistency and the the overall impact um, at this point. I, I agree that I think Brogdon deserves it, you know, and it, you know, let's face it, it's going to be a coach's pick. <laughs> um, so that's the thing those guys have run, going in their favor. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I look at it. Um, I mean, Malcolm is his assist percentage is a little bit down this year, partially because how much more is running through uh, Domas, even though it's not like that, that much more, but it's just a more egalitarian offense, less isolation, obviously. Um but, I mean, his turnover percentage is way down from last year. He's just more efficient. I think the three-point shooting is the biggest thing. I mean, he's back to being a legit 40% three-point shooter. Off the dribble – like, the off-the-dribble difference is is remarkable. Yeah. I remember yeah. last year, every time he took an off-the-dribble three, it felt like it was going to hit the front of the rim. Um, and now, I mean, he's just automatic, um, regardless of if, if, if he's – especially, too, if on catch and shoots, like, it just feels like lights out pretty much if, if he's catching it. Um, I still, I, I really am hopeful that at the rim attempts are going to start falling. He's still struggling with that. Um, honestly, that might just be part of his game moving forward. Some, some guys just have that issue, but, um, I think you look at what he does, uh, especially considering that he's guarding the best primary option, uh, primary perimeter option, I should say on the opposing team every night. Um, as well as, you know, maintaining, you know, like 28, 29% usage while leading a top 10 offense in the league. Um, I think it's very difficult to not say that Malcolm is, is the, uh, is the all-star for the team. And that's not a, it's not a dig on Domas. If the team had two Absolutely more wins, not. I would say that both guys should be all-stars, but just based on how things work out, it's uh there's probably only going to be one all-star from this team. And I would, I would, I would, I would send Malcolm right now. And it's funny, like you hit on Rhett, like you look at this time last year, Malcolm was putting up uh, less efficient numbers, but pretty similar numbers and was leading the team in, uh, in a similar way. And, and Domas had a little bit of injuries to deal with out the gate, too. Um, but then that's when Malcolm really like around this time, like around the 15 game mark last year was when Malcolm really started to deal with some of the injuries that were concurrent. And uh, luckily, he has that's not been an issue yet. Um, or I, I don't want to say, yeah, it just has not been an issue um, so it's been awesome seeing him like this. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely vote uh, vote Malcolm. Yeah, that's a good point on the defense, Ben, too. He definitely has been more impactful, I feel, this year as well at that end. Mm-hmm. Um, and, even, you know, that was great. You know, they can um, roll some minutes out there with McConnell running things, and he's off the ball. And it's like, yeah, you want him off the ball. He's, he can get a couple threes uh, that way. It's uh, a little easier and, and also gives him, you know, not as much stress, but running as much, um, you know, when, when he's playing so many minutes. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, talking about the bench too, I mean, we can, we can talk before we talk about teaching McConnell, I want to talk Aaron holiday and Goga. Um, I thought Aaron and Goga both had pretty solid games tonight. Um, you know, Goga, that was maybe the most comfortable Goga has looked on the basketball court, even when, uh, he, I mean, obviously he was pretty solid in that Lakers game in the bubble, but at the same time, I mean, you could tell he was nervous out there sometimes. Uh, but but tonight, I mean, 
the two blocks he had, I, I tweeted out Gogacality. Uh, it's very much so like verticality, but with Goga instead, um, I mean, he just looked really comfortable out there uh, offensively too. I mean, he stepped in the two threes. He missed them both, but I don't care. He's taking them. He's comfortable doing it. Um, just given the touch that he has, we know that they're going to fall eventually. Um, I, I couldn't speak enough on him. I thought his screening was a little rough tonight, but uh, I, I mean, that's still something that's going to be a work in progress for him. It's better than last year. He did have one screen assist though. So that was uh, that was cool. Maybe more, but the one was very prominent in my mind. So uh, am I doing this right? Am I turning into the Utah jazz broadcast yet? <laughs> I don't know if you'll ever get to that point. But, uh... <laughs> no, I hope not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought Goga. I, I felt like in the last um, last game, he was a little, you know, a little too. How do I say too after? But too after to the point of a little, you know, hedging a little wildly and, and that type of thing defensively, yeah. and uh, which is easily exploitable. Um, but definitely. Uh, better and, and, and solid, uh, hopefully because he looked at that, was coached up, and made the adjustment, you know, and that's that's how you develop a, a young guy like that. So, um, but yeah, I think you, you, the word you mentioned is comfortable, and it, it seemed like, you know, he, he was definitely more comfortable in that role tonight. And, um, you know, if, if he can give you that 10 minutes, you know, especially with, with Miles, in fact, you know, at the point when Miles went out with that fourth foul, um, I think Quinn said, you know, because well, they, they had gotten on a run when he went out earlier in the game. Um, and then it was like Pacers were up and he, and he was worrying about him putting a run on him. And, uh, but Goga was able to get some blocks and, and was active out there and held it down for him. So um, even from half to half, you know, I think there was some improvement there. So, uh a little bit of time here and there is, is going to be good for him. So I think he's uh, appears at least er, earning some trust and uh, to get a few of those minutes, even when Miles and, and Domas are available. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, he finished with almost 11 minutes tonight and it felt perfect. Like he got more than one run. I right. think that's, that's what counts. Um, and then transitioning to Aaron too. Um, one or two from three, three to seven from the field, but he had a couple really nice drives on the inside uh, was physical getting to the rim and, and finished twice there, I believe. Uh, and he just looked good. I, I liked it. Um, defensively, I thought he was fine. He didn't, I mean, he didn't really give up anything. Didn't necessarily do anything fantastic defensively either. Um, but I thought his minutes have been a lot better recently over the last four or five games. He's still not, um, I mean, he's shooting over 40% from the field for the last five games, which is nice to see, but he's still not finishing incredibly well um, from the field. Uh, I think I just said from the field. I meant to say from three uh, on shooting above 40%. He's not shooting above 40% from the field yet. But I was going to say, 40% from the field would not be that impressive. <laughs> hey, for, for how his season <laughs> has started, Actually, that would be impressive. Yeah, so, that is right. That's um, But no, he, he really feels like, it feels like he's starting to kind of round a corner as his role becomes a little bit more consistent off the bench. Yeah, for sure. And I think, again, he had a couple – moments in the fourth quarter defensively where he just, I think it was two straight possessions with deflections out of bounds. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, that's just, that's just what he needs to bring. If he's, if he's not going to contribute counting stats, like he hasn't been the last couple of games and just hitting the occasional shot without being able to handle the offense uh, while being out there at the same time as McConnell or their starters. Um, 
just locking in defensively on on some possessions when they need it is is crucial to him continuing to get minutes. Yeah, and and I like you know he's also on the three today that he had was beautiful, nice rhythm shot, and that was you know shot with with confidence. Um, wasn't just like I'm open, I'm shooting it. Uh, but again, back back to those deflections and the defense, he was feisty out there. I feel like he's been kind of playing with that edge uh, last few games. And I know he had a te- technical couple of games ago, I think. And just you know, he's getting in the refs and and um, looking for calls and and playing with a you know an edge and feistiness that um, you know and maybe that that's how he naturally needs to play. Um, he's he's not deferring to anybody when he's out there. He's playing, um, you know, not gonna be anybody's bitch. As I, say. <laughs> I, I like I like uh, I like that edge. You know, um, you know if he, if he's gonna be in that role to come off and um, you know McConnell plays with a different kind of edge, but there's an edge to his his activity out there, and and um, that is again kind of uh, goes back to the general idea of being a disruptive team that that Bjorkman wants him to be, whether it's offensively or defensively. So that, you know, I, I feel like that is a, a good progress for him um, as he's settling in that role off the bench. Yeah, certainly. And I think in looking at TJ too, so that's where I want to transition to. I mean, TJ has been really good lately. I, I know I always talk about how important it is for Aaron to get minutes and eventually surpass TJ in the rotation, but I hope that never comes off as, you know, I want, I don't want the best for TJ. TJ is a good player and he's been really good. I mean, I think if you include tonight, he's averaging about six points and uh, seven and a half assists, two and a half steals over the last seven games, which is really, really damn good. Um, And he's just been huge. I mean, tonight, LaMelo Ball is six foot six, six foot seven, and he guarded LaMelo Ball out of the night. And LaMelo Ball was checks notes negative 24 tonight and took four shots. Um, was not all TJ, but you could tell TJ was just on him all game, like white on rice. Like it was his his <laughs> mission just to go out there and give Lamel Ball as tough of a time as possible. I will also say that Lamel Ball had some of the most crisp passes I have seen this season tonight. Like just some of the ones that he threaded through were ridiculous. Yeah, it's um, too easy for him. Yeah, yeah he's the a left-handed wrap around underneath yeah. the basket in the fourth was. Like I didn't even realize it was behind the back or behind around the defender rather until Quinn called it out. I watched the replay three times and he was like, that's around. The, it's like, good. It, yeah. That was that around is. the back. Like it went yeah. 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 No, he, he was, he was, uh, I'm interested to see what he looks like in the next game, their whole bench. Um, I actually was a little bit surprised Malik Monk only played 14 minutes tonight. It felt to me like he was the one guy who was really getting rim pressure um, when he was out there. Uh, he was a, a plus 10 for them. Again, single single game plus minus doesn't mean a ton, but uh, it was three of six, took two shots from three. But the the two rim attempts that he got were big, and that was when they had the run on the bench. The, that was the only real blight for the Pacers tonight, I felt like, was uh, when they ran that bench lineup after they had the, the big lead and they played, like, strictly zone for three or four minutes and gave up 15 points um, right around there. That was, that was like, the, the only yeah. real rough stretch of the game. Yeah, I feel like that just kept it, – it was like that, from that point on, I was like, okay, this is going to be a problem the whole way through. <laughs> they yeah. put him away. Um, they, they, had, they had him down for sure. But, uh, but you know, I, I guess that the way that everything played out, obviously, 
no issues. But with, with McConnell, you know, talk about consistency as well. Um, it, and, and really the consistency is just the effort and the peskiness. Can, and then from there, you really don't know what's going to happen. And I feel yeah. like the opponents don't either when he has a ball. You can dribble all the way through the lane, can stop shooting, you know, um, it's it's got to be annoying. I'm sure Lamelo Ball is like, what in the world is going on out there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I feel like the zone it's it's going to be some growing pains with the bench unit because I just I have a hard time believing with the limited practice that they have and the fact that Goga hasn't been involved very much. I feel like the zone is definitely it. I feel like it looked better in the fourth. That was when Aaron got those deflections when he was playing up on top of the zone with TJ mm-hmm. and, uh, and Doug, it was three, two, I believe. So that I, I'm hoping that's just some growing pains and that they don't get torched if they try to go back to it on uh, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. As the game kind of wound down in the second half and they were playing zone, that looked a lot better in the first half. Not so much. Um, I mean, you can look at the splits between the quarters and find out exactly when they started playing yeah, zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's a good way to put it. And the last, I can't believe I didn't hit on him. Uh, Justin Holiday was scorching tonight. Uh, five of ten from three. So he, he cooled down a little bit towards the end of the game, but he was hitting everything. Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so I think the last thing I would say too before we get, uh, you know, before we get out of here, uh, who are you kind of looking for for next game? Or what are you looking for for next game? Because I know one thing I'm looking at right away, Gordon Hayward, P.J. Washington, and Miles Bridges are going to play much better in the next game, I would bet on. Um, They combined for five of uh, 16 from three, which I would not anticipate moving forward. Uh, Gordon Hayward had a pretty off night tonight, uh, and I don't want to – you know, besmirch the Pacers defense, but a lot of it felt like um, Malcolm did play well on him, but ultimately Gordon Hayward is going to win that battle more times than not. So uh, we will certainly be looking out for that in the next game. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting just to see if there's a different minutes distribution for the Pacers and what that does for the, for the box score. Cause I, I agree completely. I would not have guessed that Terry Rozier would have taken the most field goal attempts on the Hornets. I mean, that's kind of what Terry Rozier does is he just puts the ball up. And at, at points, the Hornets needed him to. He was he was cooking there a little bit. But I would be very surprised if, you know, Hayward was one of four from three again on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I felt like he got to his spot a few times tonight yeah. also and, and, and just didn't convert. Um, and you can't rely on that, you know, going forward. I, I do love this you know kind of back-to-back situation not literally back-to-back some days but playing two in a row mm-hmm. just because of the the you know almost playoff dress rehearsal situation obviously they they um made adjustments against toronto and and, and Bradman and bjorkman talked about you know getting together that night and going over things and and um because they had everything fresh in their mind. And, and now, you know, Charlotte's going to make some adjustments. So then the Pacers have to be, you know, preparing to counter what adjustments they think are going to be there and, and also make their own adjustments. And um, it's just, a, a, I think, a great situation, um, especially with, with this Pacers team, which is so focused. I mean, um, if you heard Miles Turner uh, in his little interview with Sean Sharania, you know, talking about, we got to get out of the first round. I mean, that's, 
that that is all this team is dying to do right now is win a playoff series. Um, so, you know, this little situation that, that's been brought up this year with the schedule is giving kind of giving that opportunity to, um, you know, kind of practice a playoff situation with a new coach um, and the players and, and how they're going to uh, make adjustments like this. So um, now hopefully, you know, a lot, a lot of these games are, you know, the teams have been splitting. So hopefully the Pacers can uh, go for the sweep here. Um, and, uh, uh, but, you know, you know, they're still going to be relying on Brogdon and Domas big time, but it'll, it'll just be probably, you know, the adjustment with those role guys, you know, I wouldn't expect them to get 28. Maybe Lamb is flipping around and he's getting the 20 point game this time. So, um, Hopefully the, that's the case, and uh, they can come come back with a with a sweep. Yeah, definitely. I'll be interested to see if Ed uh, Ed Sumner gets minutes too. I was a little bit surprised yeah. he didn't tonight. I thought it would have been a good matchup for him, um, but I, I think that there's definitely an opportunity in the next game on Friday. Uh, well, guys, this was fun. Thank you for coming on to everyone listening. Thank you for listening to uh, to the Indie Cornrows podcast uh, after dark, and. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back in with a uh, another podcast post game on Friday. Have a good rest of your day and go Pacers.